sun, beaches, and Latin-inspired flavors are what people around the world call their vacation paradise. We call this home. Welcome to the weekly podcast that captures it all. The Scoop on Miami. This is The Scoop on Miami. We'll spotlight the places, the people, the businesses, and some of our hidden treasures. I'm your host, Ernie Emad, a 54-year resident of the Magic City, and along with my co-host, the Miami native, Lainey Rada, we'll discover and rediscover Miami together on The Scoop on Miami. Find us on iTunes and everywhere your favorite podcast is found. And don't forget to like, follow, and share. The Scoop on Miami. One of those small tidbits that I discovered about you, right? You're a Miami native and born, so I figured the best thing to do is to change the opening uh, uh, of the program. How are you doing today, Lainey? Great. It's nice to see you, actually. (laughs) Yeah, we are actually seeing each other on Zoom, and we're recording this live, and next week we're going to be live uh, recording the podcast on uh, uh, our Facebook channel, uh, scoop on Miami. So, uh, this will become a podcast as well as a YouTube. So, uh, welcome to, uh, the scoop on Miami. Um, let's get the ball rolling here on this week in history in 1980, the first Cubans of the Marielle boat lift arrived to Florida. Can you believe that? It's, uh, been that many years, uh, uh, since that's taken place. Um, yes, I, I always was interested in that uh, because I, after, after this amount of time, I've worked, you know, selling houses for people that came at that time. I know people in successful businesses that have really uh, had a really good life here. So um, it's they're interesting. They're very enterprising. A lot of those people. It's not all Scarface. <laughs> Another thing that happened in April, but of 1965, Jeff Zucker was born. He was actually born in Homestead, and he's the CEO of NBC Universal. Um, thought that was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is on Wednesday uh, of this week, Jeopardy was on CBS, and if you were watching Coral Gables, was the question. Game show host Alex Trebek read the answer, Fairchild Tropical Botanic Gardens in this two-word Florida city, also home to the University of Miami. Can you believe nobody knew the answer? Unbelievable. Uh, Figured University of Miami would have definitely... It's uh, it's such a famous place. Yeah, uh, David Fairchild will be a subject of one of our podcast uh, coming up in the, in the near future. I'm not sure when, because I have so many topics I get so excited to talk about, but he is, has a very fascinating story. And, and I think a lot of things I think that people don't know about um, what he changed in our food supply system for one thing. Yeah. So, uh, you know, this has been a busy week uh, with news uh, as we approach another month of people needing to pay rents and businesses and so forth. And the good thing is President Trump announced on Thursday that the White House's plans for eventually rolling a uh, back to social distancing measures and reopening the country's economy in several phases, depending on the location amid the coronavirus pandemic. The plan calls for three phases to reopen 
the entire country. Based on the severity of the coronavirus outbreak in each individual state or region, the president said yesterday, we can begin the next front in our war, which we're calling opening up America again to preserve the health of Americans. We must preserve the health of our economy. So true. Um, as a matter of fact, the opening uh, of America again plan was signed off on by the president, uh, their medical advisors, uh, Dr. Deborah Burks, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, and uh, Dr. Robert Redfield. And we'll be completely data-driven, approaching uh, uh, and allowing all the governors actually to make those decisions uh, on the states. And that is so important to begin. Uh, I don't think our specific economy, Laney, can withstand another month of a shutdown, uh, yes, considering difficult. the amount of small businesses uh, and <clears throat> tourists. Um, a lot of our dollars come from tourism. And if they can't come and our businesses can't open Another month of this uh, could actually have some very catastrophic uh, um, uh, effects on our economy. For sure. Uh, on the second half, which affects us, lenders are holding capital, um, approving fewer mortgage loans. And that's changed from just last week on my podcast, For Sale by Owner Authority, also on iTunes. I had a lender last week on our program. And there were many programs still available, uh, including low down payments. Uh, and that's one thing that has changed now. Well, one, I was on a call this week because that's what I've been doing every day is keeping um, pace with, with uh, what people's thoughts are and what's impacting different types of things in, in our business of real estate. And I was on a call with uh, some significant uh, mortgage brokers and they were talking about how the the rates for your um, credit score are definitely going to be increasing. And also some of the loans that were in process, they're going to have to put more money down to be able to get the loan. So there's those things are changing right now. <clears throat> you hit the nail right on the uh, head um, as the lenders fear the unknown uh, of the post-pandemic uh, era, era that we're um, now entering, and they're trying to retain capital. And as a result of that, they're tightening uh, and raising credit scores and down payments. The real estate industry is growing alarmed over recent moves to tighten mortgage loan credit standards for new home buyers. Uh, banks that fear the unknown post-pandemic are trying to retain those capitals, as we just talked about, and they're tightening those loan standards by raising the minimum credit scores to 700 now. Um, and that's huge. And according to the National Association of Realtors, um, lending standards could grow even more stringent in federal, if federal regulators don't step in soon to alleviate the um, huge uh, logjam. Remember, this is an economy that was really moving uh, at, on all cylinders uh, and uh, the, the demand was there. And I'm going to share with you some of the real estate statistics. But um, one of the largest uh, lenders by assets, J.P. Morgan Chase, announced that the majority of the new customers applying for mortgages will need a minimum credit score of 700 and 20 percent down payment minimum, at least 20 percent of the home's value over the past two weeks. And appraisals are coming in, I think, a little more conservative. Uh, over the past month, uh, two of my sales have come in below um, the actual contract, one by a significant amount, the other one well, by just a couple of yeah. percentage points. 
Yeah, the, the, so far only Chase has required the 700 cred score. And so the, the, all, all the other lenders are hoping that that doesn't continue because they're getting up in like 640s and 650s. And the other thing that is, is different is uh, there are some lenders that will allow drive-by appraisals. So that's been something else. Yeah, that is because uh, they don't helpful. want to expose the the people in the house or the appraiser to uh, any contagions. So that's one of the reasons that they're doing that. That's why I think opening our economy quickly, um, beginning uh, this coming month, uh, will be. Uh, allowing people to get their jobs back with minimal damage to credit scores or missed payments right. and so forth. And we can begin again to see um, uh, those uh, strong measures uh, alleviate somewhat because it will definitely hurt home sales and weigh, weigh on this uh, uh, economy that we had. Uh, and that's according to Ken Fears, uh, NARS, which is the National Association of Realtors, senior policy representative for banks and lending and housing and financing. Now I want to take a look at the actual real estate market in Miami, the actual real estate market for single family homes. And uh, we'll cover next week condominiums, but for single family homes in March of this year, there were 6,196 single family homes listed and active for sale. And that was down by 10% from a year ago. So as we could see coming into March, the inventory was continuing to tighten and less inventory as last year with still the pent up demand. So at the beginning of March, uh, compared to last year, uh, we could see what was going on. Um, and uh, when you take a look at uh, closed sales, March of 2020 had give or take a thousand sales, and that was down by 10% from 2019. Now that could also be because of the 10% less inventory, so that was over 600 less homes on the market, which could cause less sales, right? So it could have been a, a fact that uh, that 10% down in actual closed sales could have been because of the tightening of inventories um, or just the beginning to show effects um, on the real estate market. And pending sales, which is really what we look at as our barometer, in March of this year, there were 1,166 pending sales. And that was down by 20% from last year. So you could see that pending sales, because closings in March took place in February. Mm -hmm. um, and so March this pending sales will become April's sales. And those were down by 20% uh, showing the first signs that the virus was starting to take effect on the real estate market. And now we move on to April 1st to April 15th of this year. So the first two weeks of this year, there were 233 closed sales compared to March 1st to March 15th of this year. It's down by 50%. 50 so when you compare March's closed sales in the first 15 days compared to the closed sales of April, those were down by 50%. So that's a huge uh, percentage of, uh, of homes not selling. And pending sales from April 1st through the 15th, there were 271 sales. And from March 1st through the 15th, we're down 57%. So uh, pending sales for the month of uh, April were down by 57% from the 
previous month of March. And year-over-year pending sales, which I thought was the most alarming statistics, when you look at pending sales from last year compared to the same period of April of this year, um, they're down 75%. And that's why it's so important um, to be able to get the economy rolling so that uh, very quickly we can begin to um, um, uh, generate the sales and, and generate the, the income that everybody needs. Uh, what are your feelings? Yes, uh, exactly. Uh, the, the numbers are telling a story and we still don't know how long it's going to take for everything to connect as far as uh, people's jobs and uh, businesses and you know, it's a trickle down effect always. And so it's a little bit uh, more than more than you can say the word unstable right now. So uh, it, this, it, it could take months. And uh, that just depends what people's reserves are. One of the things that's really different that I've learned uh, since the very first talks uh, with the, the people that know, you know, things that are going on is that they don't want to compare this to 2008 because they say that people have that about 50% of Americans have a great deal of equity in their homes now than they did back in that time. It was a different kind of a different time when people people didn't do as many emotional uh, don't do as many emotional purchases now as they did then because it was you know, you'd get approved for a loan amount and people would say, oh, yes, I want the whole amount. And they would get approved on, on uh, you know, they had all this predatory lending going on. And and uh, unfortunately, Florida is a big mortgage fraud state, the biggest. And uh, so we've gone through all of these experiences. But now that people have more equity and are more cautious and a little bit more conservative, uh, that hopefully we have more stability and people won't be in dire circumstances, you know, because we love to help people, but we don't like to have, you know, have them be in such a terrible position no matter what. Absolutely. Uh, as you know, we're both realtors. Um, Lainey is a uh, leading edge broker associate with Douglas Elliman, and I'm the broker owner of One Premier International and Coral Gables. If you currently are a for sale by owner or thinking about selling your home, um, the quicker we get the home on the market, the quicker the marketing gets rolling uh, before things tighten up or maybe even uh, see some price depreciations. Um, so take advantage. There's still people that need to move and people that need to buy and take advantage of this short window uh, by giving us a call. I also have a podcast called For Sale by Owner Authority on uh, iTunes that you can listen to and has some great information if you're selling. But feel free to call either one of us. I'll be happy to help you and we're always available to take your call. Talking about helping people, Redland Farmers have launched a program called Adopt a Box to get fresh South Florida produce into the hands of hungry families while helping farmers with their crops at the same time. Um, uh, that are actually uh, is uh, pretty good because most people were appalled at news video of milk being poured down drains and ripe fields being pl plowed over. And Adopt-A-Box provides a way for the public to get involved and ensure that Florida crops are not wasted. For a tax-deductible donation of $25, a 20-pound box of fresh fruit and vegetables will be given to a family in need. 
The box contains locally grown produce and fresh from Florida items such as tomatoes, squash, onions, okra, mame, avocado, lychee, mango, oranges, blueberries, eggplants, and peppers, depending on the season. Um, you know, for most of us that live in concrete jungles and so forth, um, it's just wonderful to live in South Florida because we grow so much fresh fruit that we can yeah, act wanna, and I vegetables. I want to see you eating some okra, okay? You know, uh, we call it in Spanish quimbombo, and uh, we used to love to eat quimbombo with fufu de platano. So absolutely. So I've eaten it before. Not much I haven't eaten. Um, the first distribution of boxes will take place tomorrow, Saturday the 18th at 9 a.m., and there's 800 boxes that will be distributed on a first-come, first-served basis at the Homestead Sports Complex at 1601 Southeast 28th Avenue in Homestead. Uh, distributions will continue every Saturday as long as funding is available. And to donate, um, go to the scooponmiami.com website, and we have a link posted there where you can link right up to their GoFundMe page. And so far, they've already uh, collected $20,000. Right. That, that is uh, fantastic. Um, today's program is brought to you by Eleni Rada, a leading broker associate with Douglas Elliman and one premier international realty and uh, we shall come back we still have miami rewind as well as hidden treasures i'm laney rada a leading edge broker associate with douglas elliman i have over 35 years of experience in market cycles to bring to every transaction and i'm still alive when you want to see how I sell 85% of my listings and the average agent sells 40%, we need to talk. I break records, the fastest sale, the most offers, the highest price per square foot. Which one do we want to accomplish? My company includes superior quality marketing to enhance your property and the worldwide exposure, which matters in Miami. If you want to buy, I'm a Miami native. I know the area extremely well. Put my negotiating skills to work. I'm the only Laney Rada in the world, so it's easy to find me. But I'll help you. My phone number is 305-710-8558. That's 305-710-8558. Let's set up a time to talk. From this moment on, consumers will expect it and sellers will demand it. Cinematic video walkthroughs for all of your listings. Professional photography, cinematic video walkthroughs, on-camera video tours, and professional voiceover narration. I'm Ernie Emad, head of BlueHourStudios.com. Blue Hour Studios is a progressive visual and audio powerhouse producing high-end video and audio productions. Become an expert in your field with a professionally produced podcast from our studio in Coral Gables. Call Blue Hour Studios today to elevate your image and voice. BlueHourStudios.com Well, we are back to the Scoop on Miami, and I'm here along with my co-host, Lainey Rada, a broker, leading edge broker associate with Douglas Elliman. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic today. I can't wait for um, what's coming up next, right? Which is Miami Rewind. It takes us back to something that happened in Miami, how it got started. Uh, give us a little lead in. 
Uh, I, I am talking uh, today about the way that the streets got named in Coral Gables. And there's a lot of streets and there's a lot of history it's time about to it. Take a look back with Lainey Rada. With Lainey Rada. Miami, Miami Rewind. Coral Gables earned the moniker The City Beautiful and lives up to it. There are beautiful homes with unique architecture, pretty tree lined drives, monuments, fountains, and parks. It's also very well manicured with lush tree canopies. There are short white curb markers with the unique street names on each corner. The founder, George Merrick, ordered the streets to be designed 50, 75, and 100 feet wide when at the time, 30 feet was typical. I know growing up in Coral Gables that giving your address over the phone requires spelling the name of your street. I grew up on Riviera Drive. Get ready to be confused if you don't know your way around. Even locals get lost. There's no pattern to follow. This is a learning experience. I committed them to memory long before there was GPS. There's even a street with my last name, Rada, which is Spanish for small harbor. It is mostly true that the streets are named after cities and heroes of Spain, but there are origins in other languages and countries, English, Spanish, and some saints. Italian was Italianized, such as Alegria became Allegriano. There is French, Portuguese, and even some Arabic. They each have a rich history and can be traced back thousands of years to Europe. There's a popular interpretation that Merrick used names from his favorite book, Tales of the Alhambra, written by Washington Irving. At least 30 of the streets are in that one volume. A portion of the books in Merrick's collection are sitting right on a shelf in a first floor room in his historic home at 905 Coral Way. Irving's books were popular in the academic world. He was so popular that his work was translated into Spanish, surpassed only by Edgar Allan Poe and Mark Twain at the time. I like to imagine when the Merricks sat together and went through the choices for all the names. There are 416 unique names streets. They have been attempts to change them and rename them in the past, but all attempts have failed. Merrick's original idea has been preserved by his successors in Coral Gables. I wish to credit a special book in my Miami history collection. It was given to me by a history professor. It's a special publication for the International Graduate Studies Program at the University of Miami. The Streets of Coral Gables, written by Joaquin Roy. That's the scoop. Every week, it's such great stories. No question. <laughs> To say <clears throat> that you can you can actually uh, listen to Tales of the Alhambra on on Audible or I don't know it, it uh, you actually can find it you you obviously won't have the the beautiful volume that George Merrick had but uh, you can you can hear it and uh, the other thing I wanted to say was that his home is um, a museum it's not open now like everything else but it is open to the public it has tours and it's a beautiful house it's not one of these giant, overwhelming palatial estates. It's just a, a really nice Coral Gables representation, which is the way he wanted it to be. So it's really a nice place to go. I hope everyone is enjoying the uh, kind of the backstage view of uh, what it takes to put on a podcast like this and, and what we do every week. And uh, hopefully very shortly we'll be able to do it from uh, our Coral Gable studio um, uh, with nice, uh, uh, bright, uh, 
airy, glass enclosed, um, and we're going to be in the same room. So that's great. Just about 12 minutes ago, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis uh, said that South Florida on opening up may be a little bit different. And um, it may start with uh, opening up of uh, some of the parks and some of the beaches prior to some of the restaurants as they uh, kind of figure out what to do. So um, the, the unique thing is that 60% of all the state's COVID-19 cases of death have been in Miami-Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach. So uh, even though we're going to start rolling out, out the um, uh, the openings, um, some may take just a, a little bit uh, uh, longer. So, what's happened to you this week? I've been on calls. I'm, I'm on. I've, I'm on these Zoom calls a lot uh, with with business, with information, with uh, different applications for for work, um, for technology. So, it's been really informative. Uh, uh, but I, you know, I really I like to be busy working. So uh, we have a people business, and and I'd rather be with the people. I agree. Rather be with the people. Um, and uh, over the next couple of weeks, we've got some good programs lined up. In two weeks, um, we have a marketing and branding uh, company owners that will be on with us on the Scoop on Miami podcast. And it's very important for businesses as we begin to open up. Uh, what kind of message do you want to send to your customers? What kind of assurances do you want to send to your customers? And what is the best way of doing it? Uh, specifically, when it comes to branding and marketing, they're going to have great tips. Um, and for those of you that don't have web pages and so forth, landing pages, um, we're also going to have a segment about all of that in social media. Um, so that's in two weeks. We've got a couple of restaurants for next week. So we're looking forward to continuing to meet with the community and really give uh, uh, the business community a voice. Yeah, we're we're really open to hearing from anybody because I know now it's very challenging. And with the contacts that Ernie and I have connected with there, the people are very busy trying to do the, the change the way that they're running their businesses. And so they've been occupied, but we're really open to going anywhere, meeting anybody, having anybody call in and, and sponsor you for, it doesn't cost you anything. We just want to support your, your business and the community. Yeah, and last week's show was really uh, an exceptional one with uh, Brittany Bassant, the executive director and president of Chamber South. Um, you should go ahead and check them out as well, um, uh, for sure. Uh, well, we still have uh, coming up Lainey's uh, Hidden Treasures segment, and that's coming up in just a few minutes. I'm Lainey Rada, a leading edge broker associate with Douglas Elliman. I have over 35 years of experience in market cycles to bring to every transaction, and I'm still alive. When you want to see how I sell 85% of my listings and the average agent sells 40%, we need to talk. I break records, the fastest sale, the most offers, the highest price per square foot. Which one do we want to accomplish? My company includes superior quality marketing to enhance your property and the worldwide exposure, which matters in Miami. If you want to buy, I'm a Miami native. I know the area extremely well. Put my negotiating skills to work. I'm the only Laney Rada in the world, so it's easy to find me, but I'll help you. My phone number is 305-710-8558. 
That's 305-710-8558. Let's set up a time to talk. With hundreds of brokerages, thousands of agents, how do you cut through all the noise? One Premier International Realty, a boutique real estate brokerage located in Coral Gables, doing business the old-fashioned way, putting people first, buying, selling, or leasing residential and commercial properties in Miami-Dade, Broward, and Monroe counties. One Premier International provides each customer a high level of service and communication experience with full-time agents from around the world bringing their unique sense of business skills and a foreign customer base. One Premier International Realty. You've heard of private banking, now experience private brokerage, a higher level of service and knowledge. One Premier International Realty, 305-669-0233 or go online to www.onepremierinternational.com. All right, we are back and just in time for them to open those beaches so that we can enjoy the actual suntan lotion was invented right here in South Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Coppertone himself. Yeah. And he has, uh, I've seen pictures of the back of his house has bunches of gigantic sculptures. It's something that's supposed to look crazy. Do you know about that? I did not uh, know about, uh, he is a pharmacist, Benjamin Green. Um, so very interesting. No, I did not know that, uh, uh, that could be something for (laughs) an assignment for you, right? Yes. This week's hidden treasures. Tell me a little bit about it. Well, I, I think, um, it will be a surprise to people that, uh, know the common name of this area. Were you surprised? I was surprised. I figured, well, maybe I need to book a, a flight to the Hotel Cartagena <laughs> yeah. Plaza, right, in, in Colombia. And, and in fact, it, it definitely was not. And now it's time for the 305, the 305 Hidden Treasures. Hidden Treasures with Lainey Rada. This hidden treasure is commonly referred to as the Coco Plum Circle, but it's actually called Cartagena Plaza. The traffic circle connects the lanes north, south, east, and west from Coco Plum Circle to Old Cutler Road, Lejeune, and Sunset Drive. The landscaping has grown in very thick and bushy, and it doesn't show off the centerpiece sculpture as well as it used to. I'm drawing your attention to a huge pair of shoes right in the center. The sculpture is by an artist named Hector Lombrana. It was dedicated in 1979 for a program called People to People. It is a gift from Coral Gables' sister city, Cartagena, Colombia. The shoes illustrate the content of a poem from the Colombian writer and poet, Luis Carlos Lopez, born in Cartagena in 1879. The poem is in Spanish, and the title is A Mi Ciudad Nativa. In English, it reads, to my native city. You were heroic in the colonial years when your children, esteemed eagles, were not so easily vanquished. But today, full of ancient disorder, you still inspire the love that one has for comfortable old shoes. 
Lopez said he loved his city as much as his comfortable shoes that take him all over the world. He's also honored with these shoes in bronze in Cartagena. There were plaques on the Coral Gables base with the poem in English and Spanish. Only the Spanish one remains and I find it a little hard to read clearly. There's a cleared area with a large circular bench in true Coral Gables fashion with coral where you can sit. I think an obvious thought a child might have when you see the shoes is that they're a giant's shoes. The reason I never forget them is because just three months after the shoes arrived, my brother wrecked his new car into a tree there. He lost his front teeth. My mother received a bill from the city of Coral Gables to pay for the tree. Coral Gables really looks after their trees. Go check out the big shoes. <laughs> and you can vividly remember that. Uh, do you remember what the bill was for? No, I don't remember. Um, I think it was for a few hundred dollars, though. And and it was just a total surprise. You know, you have this, dram this traumatic experience with your kid and the last thing you expect is to get a bill for a tree and <laughs> every time i tell people that they say really they, i don't think people believe me i wonder if they made money on it <laughs> i don't know and if the manuel diaz farms actually uh replaced <laughs> the tree because now most of that land is houses as a matter of fact if you go down and drive towards homestead and i know that uh, new construction has fallen by um i think over 23 percent um, Lainey, it's been great to have you today. I can't wait till next week when we meet again, uh, hopefully uh, not by Zoom, but we don't know. We never know. Absolutely. Everything. We're Any, holding our breath. <laughs> Any parting words? No, just uh, hoping everybody's staying safe and not going too crazy. And uh, just to remember to put your pants on once in a while, because when you're just wearing a nightgown, it can be shocking. <laughs> yeah well actually I, I got dressed up for the the zoom in the the video <laughs> it's uh you get dressed every every few hours to go and uh, do an appointment or do a run and you come home and uh, get, not wanting to get used to this this type of a lifestyle but thanks a lot for being here today and uh, and thanks a lot for everybody uh, for watching on youtube and on as well as on our facebook page and for those of you listening uh, on iTunes, on our iPod, uh, on our podcast. So thank you so much. Go ahead. Nope. Go ahead. I jumped right over you. That's all right. We'll see you next week. You bet. I hope you were entertained, informed, enriched, and proud to live in Miami. We've come to the end of another episode of The Scoop on Miami. I'm your host, Ernie Emad, broker owner of One Premier International Realty, along with my co-host, Lainey Rada, a leading edge broker associate with Douglas Elliman. Thank you for riding alongside our journey. If you know of a special person doing wonderful things in our community or want your business featured, go to thescooponmiami.com and contact us. Find The Scoop on Miami on iTunes and subscribe to our podcast channel. While you're there, leave a comment. We'd love to know what you think. And now, you know The Scoop on Miami. The Scoop on Miami.